We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. HBO Sports and the NFL Films are partnering with the Detroit Lions for an unfiltered, all-access look at what it takes to make it in the National Football League with Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. This season will chronicle head coach Dan Campbell entering his second season, leading an intriguing mix of young emerging stars and established veterans throughout training camp and the preseason. Hard Knocks will mark the 17th edition of the 18-time Sports Emmy winning series and the most acclaimed serialized sports series on television. Stream the new season now on HBO Max. Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. going on guys welcome back to our final hard knocks recap episode that is the last episode of hard knocks we saw it all in this today's episode which was episode five i got my two guys pierre malcolm how you guys feeling after that final episode of hard knocks there's no more hard knocks for the lines how you feeling um i'm feeling great because next week is philly and I loved that last episode. Yeah. Like me, talked about some things we wanted to see. I saw everything except the Okuda stuff, but it's all right. Malcolm, how you doing, man? Man, I have some mixed emotions right now, man. I mean, I, I know like this is the last episode. I'm just a little down. Like, man, this is it. This is the last episode, man. And I just thought that this was great, man. This whole Hard Knocks experience in Detroit was was everything I thought it would be, man. It was great, man. Um. Yeah, I, I want. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss it. I, I want to get into that because I feel like, especially you guys, like especially Milk mostly, because I feel like he is really wanted this hard knocks. If, ever since I've talked to him, like the last three, four years, he's wanted hard knocks really, really badly for the Lions, and now that we finally got it, 
now that you finally watched it, I'm going to start off with you, Malcolm. Did it live up to expectation? Did it exceed expectation? Or did it let you down? No, man. It definitely lived up to the expectations. You know, thank God they did it this year and not the year of Patricia. Even though I kind of wanted to see what the hell is going on over there, I think it would have been pretty pretty boring. I think it would have been really dry if we were told Patricia and <laughs> and Paul Pascaloni and those guys. I think it'll be a really dry season if they would have did it back then. So I'm I'm really glad they did it now with the staff that they have now and this whole culture change and it, it was everything I thought it would be, man. And and you know what it also did? They put the NFL on notice. So I think it, it actually raised a lot of, you know, a lot of eyebrows as far as like the media, the way they're looking at the lines now. I think they did earn a lot a lot of people's respect um with this hard knock series. Yeah. Peter, how about you? Did uh, Hard Knocks live up to expectation for you? Yeah, I liked it. It actually, you know, it kind of, like, it said everything you said that would happen, sort of. They spotlighted some young guys. They spotlighted some rookies, spotlighted the quarterback. The cuts thing today, I mean, you could just tell it's a business, and some of these guys were crying, mm-hmm. which is tough, right? Then also, like, Dan Campbell is even emotional during this. Like, when he actually said this shit's hard for him, it's actually hard for him. Like, we just make our predictions. We don't care. But these guys are like human beings, man, from both sides. Like, Campbell was emotional. That was cool to see. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, the decisions are tough, dude. I mean, you're, you're going in from a room to having 90 guys for, um, you know, a little over a month, right? And then just over a two-day span, you know, I guess it's a little different now because you have to make like five cuts, whatever, after a preseason game. But like, majority, right? You're, you're cutting a big part of the roster from – 80 guys to 53 within a two-day span, which is, you know, obviously a significant difference. So it's like, you know, you don't see a lot of those faces that you saw for over months, and that's why it is hard for them because, you know, every single guy that does compete on that 90-man roster at some point during training camp, you know, you you build a connection with them. They're all working hard to, to make the team. And once I think you get to really know these guys – just like any business, it's it's tough to let go of someone when once that decision has to be made. So I think you kind of see a more inside look at that. And I think with this specific series of hard knocks, you got more of a connection because you actually know all these players. If you're like a diehard Lions fan like us and um, compared to when you're watching other teams hard knocks, you might not know these other guys. So I think that's why I hit a little different than you know, when, when you're watching a different series of Hard Knocks, like with the different team. Yeah, I mean, usually I don't watch the other series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm going to start watching it now. I think I was like on like a strike because <laughs> I really wanted the Lions to be on here. Now the Lions are finally, they, they had their turn on here. You know, maybe I'm going to, you know, take a look at the other teams uh, and their Hard Knocks and, and see how it goes over there. But you know what? I was actually surprised um, on how well a lot of those players took it. Now, I'm not sure if they – they were like that because they knew the camera was on them. Um, but a lot of guys, I mean, after being even being taught, they were let go. You know, they had, you know, nothing but praise and high things to say about the, the team and organization, how Dan Campbell and the Brad Holmes are doing things in Detroit. And they pretty much a lot of the guys left with a smile on their face. Like, you know, they're, they're just really thankful for the opportunity. So uh, that was a, a big shocker. You know, I thought I would see just a little bit more emotions, maybe, you know, on that end. But maybe it was the cameras. I, I, I don't know. I think it just comes down to not being oblivious. Like, I think you kind of know what's going to happen. Not, not like, predict that you're not going to make the team. But, like, these guys are aware as we are. Like, 
if not more, right? Like they, they know what's going inside. They know who they're yeah. competing with. They know who are the locks. And, you know, they know the uphill climb that they're making. Uh, the one that kind of hit me was not hit me, but like I thought was kind of like like sad was and I mentioned this last week and we saw it in this episode a little bit with Tom Kennedy, man. Yeah. Um, I was know, gonna Dan, say I was gonna say him, but yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, like Dan Campbell was really just straight up honest with him and he said everything that I would say to him. Like Tom Kennedy couldn't have done anything else to make this team. I mean, he did everything right, everything right to make this team. It just comes down to who's in the room he's competing with, what does he offer in special teams, and how much better is he than the other guys that he's competing with. And, that, and that's what it really came down to. It's just – it sucks because the man did everything right and, you know, just – there just wasn't a spot for him on the team. And, you know, it, it, just a guy that's grinded, obviously, the last three years. And, you know, just I, he's back on the practice squad, which is good for him. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it just sucks to see a guy like that who just had a hell of a preseason, hell of a training camp, just not make the 53 man roster. It, it, that really must, it, it, it must like suck emotionally as a player because now you're just like, what else do I have to do? Yeah. What, what else? About- like, what else can I possibly do? I mean, he could probably, you know, maybe try grinding on special teams, but like, how far of an NFL career did like what's his ceiling for an NFL career? Yeah. What about so a that coach just... though? Like, what about a coach? A coach is telling him everything to do, and he's doing it at a good level. <laughs> like, what do you preach to him more? It's like, yeah, it's kind of what you're going on. Like, what is your ceiling? It's like we're telling him to do everything that you know, like what we want him to do, and he's doing it, but it's still just not good enough to make a 53 man roster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what what else is, like, in his mind, he's probably like, yo, what else, like, what else do I have to do yeah. to, you know, to at least, you know, make a roster, make a career on myself? What else do I have to do? So that's, I, I know it's probably taking an emotional toll out of him, but, you know, he's on a roster, he's getting paid. Kudos to him, man. I mean, he, well, he's on the, the practice squad, but, you know, kudos to him, I guess, because um, he's still making money at the end of the day. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a job. What about you, Peter? What'd you, what'd you take away from that TK segment? Bro, the thing is, when you're as deep as the lines at receiver and he only could play in the slot, doesn't necessarily play on the outside as, as like, you know, Campbell kind of said it to him, doesn't do much on special teams. Like, I don't know. You don't, you don't necessarily have a spot on the team. Yeah. Hey, Prime Podcast listeners. It's your boy Malcolm here, and if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, so the betters can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know which one was kind of shocking to me? And I feel bad because we make fun of this guy a lot. But Dan Skipper, man. Dan Skipper! This is not his first rodeo. It's not his second rodeo. It's not his third rodeo. It's not even his fourth rodeo. It's his fifth rodeo of this happening to him. Shit. And it's like you still see that emotional. I thought he was the most emotional of them all. Like the ones we saw. Yeah. I thought he was used to this shit by now. Maybe he (laughs) thought. Maybe he thought he was like, shit, I'm in. He's like, this is it. This is my best camp. He's like, this is my best camp. (laughs) He's like, this is my best camp. Nice. I had a I, I had a guy named Malcolm on the Pride podcast predicting me to make this fifty three roster. This is it. He, <laughs> he, he said, "This is it." He like him. oh shit. You could tell like he got better this year, but again, like it's just not enough. I think another one that was kind of tough was Bruce Hector. Like Brad Holmes, we said like, "Look, man, you did everything we asked you. You played well." And then he was like, "What could I have done better?" And they said nothing. Yeah. Like that's yep. just like that's like kind of like, damn, bro. Like yeah. As far as, like, when you're looking at your NFL career, when, you, when you're in that moment and you're looking at your NFL career and you're in that chair and you're asking them, what else could he have done? And they're saying nothing. That's just like, shit. Maybe, like, it's, it's just the career. Like, do I got to think about other shit right now? Like, do I have to plan on life after the NFL? Because if there's nothing else I could have done to even make this roster, like, is the NFL for me? Yeah. That's like, worse. The, that's tough. Yeah, that, that's almost worse. It's like you want Brad or Dan, whoever's you know making the decision, or you know whoever's talking or whatever, right? You almost want to say like you did this wrong. This is what you could have done better, and then maybe like that's what could have helped you make the fifty-three man roster. But like, yeah, when you get told get when you get told straight up that you did everything that we asked and you still weren't good enough, that's tough, man. It really is tough. It is, man. Like I, I pan shit. Versus, you know, um, was it Eze or Eze? I can't say. I don't yeah, Ben They're basically were like, look, man, we're going to develop you. And if, if you, like, if you could be the type of player you could be, you could be a really good player for us type of thing. Yeah. Two different, like, one guy's a developmental guy. The other guy's kind of just here for depth, sort of. Yeah. I, I want to talk about some of the guys that weren't necessarily locks but ended up making the 53-man roster. And I want to start off with... Chase Lucas, um, Chase Lucas, seventh round pick, a guy that, you know, I, I think once they made the draft pick, I think us fans were looking at it is like he could make the team. He cannot make the team. I mean, like it could have gone either way, right? He was going to have to compete and really have to make this team. Um, I thought it was really cool to see a more inside look in Chase Lucas, though, man. Um, his connection with Aubrey Pleasant and, 
just is like, man, don't give up on me. Don't cut me. He goes, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be special. Keep me around. And, you know, to see him make some plays in preseason and to kind of get the coach's attention and make this team, I thought that was really special for him. So I'm happy for, for Chase Lucas on making this 53-man roster. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't have a question that if he's gonna make the team or not. I haven't seen him in. I, you know, I haven't seen him in camp because you know I'm not down there or up there. Um, so I haven't seen him in camp. But when I saw him in that first preseason game, I knew that he had the tools, um, to be successful in the league. I saw his instincts. Um, even when he jumped the, the, that that route to you know even to try to get that pick, but he dropped it. But it was the instincts and the way he jumped the route. I was like, okay, he has instincts. And so that's like really big when you're a corner. So I knew that he had the tools. And um, I, I, made the, I made a tweet earlier, like way before that, you know, uh, he had a chance to be special. And I think a lot of people are looking back at that tweet now and they're seeing this episode they're like, wow, you know, he has the traits, he has the attitude, he has, you know, like, like, like I told you, he has the tools and he has the attitude to be successful in the league. So now a lot of people are like, wow, you know what? Michael may be right about this kid. This kid might have something. This might be something about this kid, Chase Lucas. And I, I think his future is bright, man. I think he, he can be really good in this league. Yeah, I love his confidence. Like, he was literally in eight. I was like, coach, man, I think I can be great, bro. Like, I love that shit, right? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. Go ahead, Pierre. Go ahead, just finish. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I said, I think it really means something, too, to the coaching staff. Um, I mean, just me looking at it right now, it's like they chose him over A.J. Parker. You know, they chose him to make the 63-man over A.J. Parker, who was a guy that they counted on many times last year to start in multiple games for them last year. And, you know, Chase Lucas is not a starter right now. Aubrey Pleasant was straight up with him. He's like, you're not a starter right now, but could you be a starter? Yeah, you could. And when you really examine this cornerback room right now, right, I mean, you have your nickel corner right now is Mike Hughes, one-year deal. There's no long-term stability there. Maybe that's a spot Chase Lucas could eventually take over. Now we've heard rumors that Jerry Jacobs has been working in the nickel, so maybe that's something that could happen eventually. Who knows, right? It's a very young cornerback room, but I think it really does mean something that they chose him over A.J. Parker. They have some confidence in him, and kind of like what Malcolm was alluding to, is like they see the potential of this kid, and they think that he could potentially be you know, something for this team potentially down the line. Not day one but maybe something down the line, and it could be as soon as this season, potentially. You know, um, another thing that kind of stood out to me that I forgot to bring up was, like, Jared Davis and all the guys that were got cut, they're like, yo, like, you guys are building a great culture here. Not just, like, necessarily, like, a winning culture, but you're bringing in good people and stuff. And it seems like Jared kind of, like, he didn't take a shot at the old regime, but he kind of was like, yo, I like what you guys are doing here. Like, keep doing it. Yeah, this these guys like Jared a lot. When I meet by these guys, Campbell and Holmes, I mean they gave him a big signing bonus to stay in the practice squad. Yeah, they did. Um, so they, they they like Jared. I know he didn't make the team, but you know they I think they made it a real emphasis to keep him around. So and if something were to happen to one of their linebackers, I think they wouldn't have a problem calling him up. Yeah, they gave him like more than the minimum practice squad. So they gave him a little more than that. So pretty cool, good for him. Is yeah. he one of the protected players? Or uh, we won't know, I think, until what they release that like later in the week. Yeah, I think we find that out on Saturday. I think it's the day before the games. Friday. Oh, so they, they do it they do a weekly on yeah, players who's protected. They're weekly, yep. Got you, okay. H- yeah, how man. about uh, how about some of the guys that left, like ended up joining different practice squads like David Blau? Did did you guys find that interesting that you know it looked like Campbell wants to keep him around and uh you know, Blau ended up choosing Minnesota. What's your guys' thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think kind of like Blau saw, like, if he probably never has a chance here or he thought, like, he'd have a chance. So better for him to go somewhere else and potentially take BQB2, right? Because, yeah. I mean, you saw it here. He wasn't going to be QB2 here. At least right now. Yeah, now, right now. Just it wasn't good enough, obviously. We've talked about it a lot in the after the preseason games. He just didn't do enough, either guy, him or Boyle. To uh, to really prove that they're long term backup quarterbacks, I think the Lions were always going to look at that position and trying to upgrade that position whenever they could. And we saw it as soon as after the preseason, maybe not the biggest upgrade or even considered an upgrade, but they still got a different name and they went with a different guy over a guy that was with them over two guys that were with them for a whole year and training camp this year. So I think it really just showed the writing on the wall that neither of these guys have much of a future in Detroit with Boyle and with and Blau. So Tim, Bo- Tim Boyle was brought back on the practice squad, though, right? Yeah. He was, but I don't think that was the initial plans. I think Blau yeah. was the initial plan. Blau was the original plans, yeah. I think David Blau, I think the way he just saw things was shit. I don't think, I don't think he felt like this staff believes in his ability. I guess like his full ability, yeah. Even though they gave him the opportunity to win the backup job this this year, they gave him the, the, the chance. But if you look, if you look at last year. Last year was a slap in the face. I would have walked out. You know what? Maybe Detroit was the only offer for him last year, but shit, it was like last year. Just what what they did, like even when Tim Boyle was hurt and Jared Goff was hurt, they still rather played. An injured Jared Goff over him was as a player like that. That should have been like, damn, you know, like why am I here? I think they gave him a really fair opportunity this preseason. I mean, they gave this him, pre- yeah, this preseason they gave him a hell of an opportunity to to yeah. win the backup job. Yeah, and he just, I mean, neither guy did enough. I mean, you could say that he was better than Boyle. That's fine, but it's like comparing the garbage tin to recycling. I mean, like I always say, it just wasn't anything significant where it's like, wow. I, I'm confident in my back quarterback, so I don't blame the Lions at all going um, you know, outside their organization and looking for a new back quarterback. We talked about this. Once the waiver started and once free agency started, once you know the guys that don't have to go through waivers, that was definitely a position the line should be one of their main focuses is going and getting a back quarterback because neither of those guys were it. And I think, like we just said, it just kind of was the writing on the wall for David Blau, and I, I think he saw that, and it's like, Let's go to a new team. Let's just have a fresh start. And it's a young quarterback room outside of, like, you know, the backup room. Maybe he has a shot down the line to potentially win that backup quarterback spot in Minnesota. Now, now you guys know this better than me. Um, as far as once he, when David Block got cut, was it waived or which one was it? Cut, waived. 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 Well, he got waived. And he got signed to Minnesota's practice squad. Did he have an option? To say no, I want to go to Detroit to practice squad because yes. Okay, so he he had the choice that wanted to to come back to Detroit, but he still decided to go to the villains. Yeah, they that don't son he, of a bitch. He he chose Minnesota. He chose Minnesota over us. That's son of a bitch. Yeah. The only thing that I don't <laughs> about that, like Minnesota, backstabber, no, backstabber is like Blau knows the playbook, offensive playbook, right? Mm-hmm. And when we if when we play Minnesota, they're gonna have some inside scoops. That backstabber, yeah. not a backstabber, bro. I mean, that like, son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 I 
when do we uh when do we play Minnesota? That's actually a good question. That's like week like week five or week that's, four. It's, it's quick. It's early. We play them early. We play them at the Washington. Match. I think we play them at the Washington. Week three. No, it's uh. It is week three in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play in week three. So I knew first it, was, ro- it, was, it was first road game. Son of a bitch! I knew oh. it. Backstabber, man. You did right a right up under your nose, man. No, I mean, Goes to the village. Skulls. I mean, I kind of get why he did that. Like, same with Caleb Pimpton. He saw the lines were deep at receiver. He saw TK stuck around. He's like, you know what? I'm going to the Giants, bro. When I saw him drop those two passes, I was like, oh, here we go again. And that I, clip he showed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be straight up. Do you think the Lions had interest in bringing Khalil Pimpleton back to the practice squad? It, I mean, I, after that discussion with Holmes and Campbell, I didn't have the – I didn't think they had, like, any – like, we want to bring you back. They just didn't seem like they, yeah. they were really, like, confident in that, you know? I'm not I'm not sure, but it seems like NFL Network reported, like, I think, like, uh, they kind of wanted to bring him back, but I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't- I don't know, man. I mean, the coaching staff liked him, but they didn't get they didn't give any vibes like, "Do you want to come back?" type vibes. Yeah, no, like it just seemed like it was kind of over right after with Khalil Pimpleton, and I think it's a little different because we know the story, like we know he's already on the Giants, so like I could say that, but like I just didn't have like Blau, like I, I could tell they want to bring Blau back, and they didn't. But like with Khalil Pimpleton, I didn't get that same reaction. It's like. Hey, we would love to bring you back if we clear waivers. We would love to bring you back in our pre squad. I, I just didn't get that same vibe with Pimpleton compared that's, to some of the other cuts. That's what I was going to ask because I know Hard Knocks is edited a lot. It's a lot, a lot of it's edited. All right. Yeah. So, are all those conversations like that? Like that Enzi, Enzo, Enze, en, Enze? A lot of <laughs> a, a lot of them are. Yeah. Like, so, like, so if they're gonna bring them back, they'll tell them like, "Look, you know, if we clear waivers, we want we you wanna, back." We it... would love to bring you back. That's usually like if you if you love the guy or not love him, but like because if you loved him, you would have kept him around you're fifty three. But like yeah. if you like the guy enough, where you think he has something and you can develop him, it's usually it's like, hey, if you clear waivers, we would absolutely love to bring you back in our practice squad. I remember watching the Rams. That's what happened with um, with Juju Hughes, who's a, who's a line right now. Same thing, and he ended up clearing and went back to the P squad. So a lot of that, I didn't see a lot with that with this Lions one. And some of them did bring come back to the practice squad. The only one I, I heard is like we love to bring you back was Ezra. That was really the yeah. only one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I figured they said to some of the players because like Jared Davis left too happy. Like he he was too happy when he left there. Like, yeah, like, like, I was like, you just got cut. But like, come on, dude. Like, like, he was just too happy. Now, I wonder if they told that to David Blau in the back of like while they're saying this, to David Blau, he's like, yeah, 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 f you guys, f you guys, you guys can go to hell, f you. Guys. Well, did you hear? They didn't tell Blau initially because we didn't even see Blau because he initially made the fifty three because they had to wait for Sudfield to you know go through the free agency process. So. We'd even get to see David Blau. So I wonder if Blau, when he initially made the team, did he think he made the team? Or like, you know, or was he being realistic and saying they could replace me any second? Um I don't even know, man. I think so the lines are honest. I think he probably knew because if, if you see the way they talk to all the other players and stuff, yeah. I think he knew. Like I don't think they're gonna tell him, Oh, we're gonna keep you, you're a quarterback too. I think they told like, look, we're looking to replace you. If we find someone better, we're going to replace three. If not, maybe you'll stick around. Yeah, like, I mean I that's what it was because they're authentic with their players, and all the players say that like they don't bullshit anything with their players. 
Yeah. I mean, when Brad and Rod were talking, that's when there was like, because Rod's like, has anyone talked to Blau yet? And Brad goes, no, we haven't talked to him yet. But and I think Brad goes, you know, he's one of the smartest guys. Like, he knows what's going around. Like, you know, he's not dumb. He, I, I think he knows that we could replace him any second because the way he performed in the preseason and in camp in general. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is Rodrigo's number two selling jersey on the team right now. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That is that's, wild. That's wild, you guys. Man, I, dude, I don't wear jerseys no more. I feel like I'm too old to wear another man's name on my back. But I'm, I'm damn it, I'm considering buying a Malcolm Rodrigo jersey. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> outside of Aiden Hutchinson, who's like the household name, like the long-term Lion, maybe St. Brown? Like who? Who's a Jersey name that you would want right now? The Lions. There's no Malcolm, staff, right? Malcolm Rodriguez. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I guess it's not as crazy as I think it is because like we don't have a, like a crazy veteran that's like been here forever and you know like Stafford or Calvin or even Golden Tate or you know Galladay. Those guys were here for a minute. A Slay, Pat, another one. You don't want a Darren Pollo jersey? Stop. Like I'm being yo, legitimate. I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, 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 yo, dead ass, dead ass. Stop. We should no. definitely still. We should no, do it. I'm being I'm being serious. I'm just saying no. who, who, who's a lion right now? Like you would buy his jersey, I think, outside of Aiden Hutchinson. I just uh, told you. Yeah, it'd be I, Rodriguez, right? Offense you could like hawk. I mean, if you get offensive linemen jersey, I don't think anyone does that, but Swift, uh yeah. Jamal's a like couple guy. I think golf jerseys already like there's a lot of those already. People have like, those on, Yeah, like on. like that that we don't know what the future of the golf is. The thing with Malcolm Rodriguez is, is all that came from Hard Knocks. If there was no Hard Knocks, there would be no Malcolm Rodriguez jersey sales number two in Detroit. That yeah, that wouldn't be that that would exist. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Um, he 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 his fan base grew from Hard Knocks. For and sure. he, I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh shit, Detroit might have something in this guy." They they see the potential, and I I think it's there. So, shit, <laughs> that's the reason why I might get mine. They might get my forty four jersey. Yeah, it's like I, the Lions don't have those guys anymore. Like that, that like that jersey. You know what I mean? I feel like I mean, there's a lot of it's there's like, a lot of guys. There's a few guys you can get. You can get number nine, the new number nine. You get the the Jamo Williams. Yeah, jersey. like we, you know, like we haven't seen a game from him yet. And even with For Hutchinson, sure. I think that the thing with Hutchinson is like he's from Michigan, so like that helps. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. But then you can also get Swift. Yeah, I mean, just running backs. I feel like running backs are a little different too. They just don't have the same like like long. Have you have you have you seen have you ever seen anybody with a Jared Goff jersey? I sure haven't. Oh yeah, I saw David Blau jersey today. (laughs) You did, you did. Damn it, you did. We we can't post that here, can we? We can't post that here. Field last year, and there was a lot of sixteen jerseys. Oh, for real? There's a decent amount of Jared Goff jerseys. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's obviously as big as Stafford's, like when he was here. No, no, no. But there's a, there's a decent amount. Okay, yeah. I mean, I just personally, you know, I'm in Miami. I yeah. I have not seen anybody with a Jared Goff jersey ever, ever. No, there's some here. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. But you know, he's not like number two on sales. Let's go, yeah. Malcolm, man. Let's go. <laughs> you guys want to bring uh start bringing people up? Yeah, we could do that. Let's do it. All right, if you want to come up, just request. I don't know, man. People are like, man, it's 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 eleven thirty. I got work in the morning. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm in bed. That's kind of how I feel. 
Yeah, it's been a Come long on, day. Come on, man. Yo, it's, it, this is the hard knock season finale, man. Somebody got to have some thoughts on something. No, it was a good. It was a good ass episode too. It was, man. I'm so sad the series is over, man. I'm not because now we got Phil. I was gonna say, it, but the, the the bittersweet is that that means football's here. That means training camp and preseason's done. That means we get legitimate football now, which is good. Legitimate football, man. Let's go. Yeah, we don't get to watch Tyler's favorite player block anymore, Darren Paolo. Darren Paolo wasn't even that bad in the preseason. Oh, we got a request. We got one. We got one. we got one. Rock. What's hey, up, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, I I love the series. Honestly, um, thought it was very well produced. Um, you know, I think you know we don't get a lot of news coverage and fame, media fame for um for the lines. So I think it was good. Um, I just wish we had more uh, Okuda, more of Okuda. Or uh, of Seoul. But other than that, uh, I think, yeah. And I think that is fair. Um, they didn't yeah. highlight Akuda at all, which is which is shocking because he's got a, a very interesting story. You know, number three pick. He's played, I think, like 11 games in his career. Two significant injuries. Trying to look for a bounce back this year. Um, was competing for a starting corner spot this year in camp. And they just said, we don't care. We don't care about that. Like, not just on the field, Tyler. Off the field, he lost his mom as a freshman in college, too. Yeah, like, he has a good story. Like, there's yeah. a lot, there's lots of Jeff's story, and <laughs> so we don't care. He probably, he, he, it was probably him. He probably was like, shit, I just want to make the starting job and, and make a career out of myself. Man, I got the camera on my goddamn face. Wait, yeah, Tyler, I had a question. So, like, if a player, like, Hard Knocks wants to, like, showcase a player and that player says no, is a player like allowed to say no? I don't. I don't know how exactly how that works. I don't think they can say no though. I mean, I guess you could refuse a mic. I don't like. I don't think they could f- manu- like force you to wear a mic. Yeah, so, maybe Akuda kind of just wanted to focus on ball. I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna speculate. Yeah, me, yeah, me but, neither. I don't know. But I feel like if they want to follow you around to like, if you're going to Jared Goff's charity event, like we saw, not this episode, but last episode. I think Hard Knocks has, like, you know, they could do that, whether Goff approves it or not. Or, like, Khalil Pimpleton working out with the Giants, something like that. I think they they could just do that because they have access with Hard Knocks. So, I don't, I don't know how all that all works, but, yeah, they just didn't focus on Jeff at all. There was a lot of guys. Like like he, um, like Brandon mentioned, um, Lopene Sewell. Yeah, a lot of the O-line they didn't focus on. I mean, we saw a little segment of Frank fishing. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Him and golf fishing. I well, a little bit. I even, even TJ too. They didn't even do that much about him either. Honestly. Yeah, now, a lot of our stars they didn't really focus on. It was a lot of like it kind of made us look like and a bad Swift, team. Actually, yeah, and Swift, yeah, it, all of our stars. It, it kind of made us look like a bad team. It's like who are these guys? Like to the. The other people, who is Malcolm Rodriguez? Who is Chase Lucas? Who is that's say that's why he's number two in jerseys, man. Who is uh, I mean, I guess they focus on Hutchinson, but we don't know who Aid Hutchinson is. Like, hey, we, we think he's gonna be good, right? But like, we don't know who he is. Yet. Think? No, I have a strong feeling that brother's gonna be yeah, good. I, I do too. But I'm just saying, it's like, he hasn't played a snap yet, man. And and Jameson, I didn't even you only saw him a couple times, maybe. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they highlight anybody's injured. That's why we see a lot of the injured people. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, you think maybe he's a first round pick this year? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah they, they usually stay away from injuries. They really did focus on a lot of the low run guys, and that's usually how it is. But they didn't like focus. I feel like on it, like any Amon Ra a little bit. I saw a little bit of Amon Ra St. Brown, a little golf, a little Swift too in the back. Tim and Deuce. My bad, interrupt. I want to see AP's DB's room. They don't really show that because that room is young and it's interesting and it has all different types of personalities. I wish they showed that. Like they showed the O line room, they showed the RBs, linebackers, linebackers. They showed a little of the QBs, receivers, and DBs. We didn't really see as much. Same with the D line. I feel like we didn't really see that much. Oh yeah, D line. We actually didn't. I mean, I said Hutch, Hutchins. But, uh, yeah, but, but we didn't see. We didn't see any of Todd Walsh. No, we did not. Yeah. So. Yeah, there were some parts they did definitely miss out, but overall, it was a good, it was a good show. For also, sure. also too, um, I think unless they just didn't show it, I think that they kind of knew that Jamar wasn't going to make the team, Jamar Jefferson, because mm-hmm. they made it a, like a at least the show made it a big deal about Craig making the team. So, I mean, because a, think- a lot of people were surprised that Jamar made the team. I think they made Craig a big deal because he was one of their storylines they kind of kept up with from episode two. So that's usually how it does go. It's like they'll have like three, four guys. I think the three guys they really focus on were Craig, as a, um, Khalil. Yeah, Pimpleton. Yeah, he'd be the other one. Chase Lucas a little bit too. I'd say he's the fourth one. So that's like usually how it goes. Like like the underrated guys that you don't know too much about. Malcolm Rodriguez is another one as well, obviously. But um, yeah, I, I think Craig was just one of their big storylines. So that's why they really focus on him making the team. Yeah, uh, this is a little not off topic, but um, what do you guys think about the play calling? Not issue, but like the. Do you think that uh, Campbell should call him or? Pierre, so your answer, Pierre, so your answer because that answer pretty much sums up for everybody. My answer: I don't care who's calling plays as long as they're executing. There we go. That's how we. That's how I feel. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, I mean. I think it's going to be mainly Ben with the little Dan Campbell sprinkle to it because Dan said he still wants to be a little involved in it. But I think Dan is going to give Ben more like in charge of this year than what happened towards the end of the year. And then Dan's obviously going to sprinkle his philosophy in, in Ben's ear. But um, I think Dan's going to focus on coaching more, like you know, play clock, timeouts, all that, et cetera, with a little sprinkle to the offense. I think Ben will have uh, most of the focus on it. Yeah, and like as the head coach, Dan puts a little sprinkle in everything offense, defense, special teams, everything. For sure. So, For sure. I mean, it's his team. So he, he, like, he tells the coach what he wants to do. The coaches do it for him. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. Let's see how he does it, man. I mean, I, I don't, I personally don't care. I mean, if he wants to roll it like he did last year, I don't care. I think Ben Johnson's going to tell him what to do, anyways, as far as what plays a call. He's probably just going to just be the one communicating it to, to Jared. If they do go that route, so I don't, I don't know. Don't know, don't care. As long as it works. Yeah, I think it'll be banned. But honestly, I don't care as long as they're executing. Yep. Yeah, I feel that too. All right, Brendan. Right, appreciate you, you coming on, man. Thank you, guys. Yep. Have a good night, bro. You too. All right. Well, I think with that, I think that's all we got. Uh, thank you guys for all the support throughout the five episode of Hard Knocks. That is going to be officially the wrap of these Tuesday night. Twitter spaces, 
we will be now transitioning to Sunday's pregames and postgames for every Lions game, um, an hour before Lions games and right after Lions game. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be doing our weekly game previews, you know, now that the season's starting every week. And yeah, then the final game review that we'll be recording those on Monday night, right after the game, right the day, right after the game. So that's the schedule you guys could be looking forward to once the regular season does get kicking. And yeah, so stay tuned for that. If you guys been following us, you guys know the drill by now. So hope you guys all enjoy. Enjoy the ride. We'll see you week one versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm out, guys. Peace. One thing uh, Tyler forgot to mention is now we're also going to be live streaming some games, probably like in the fourth quarter, I think, if it's a close game. So stay tuned for that. Malcolm will post more on the, on the pod page. And I'm out, guys. Thanks for all the support during the this offseason. It's been fun. And I can't wait to start like doing these game previews and talk about these games. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and you guys were pretty much covered it all. Um, I can't wait to get things started, man. We're in re- we're in regular season mode. Um, we start to get we're about to get into the oopsie doops and ball of the week. I can't wait for all this to get started, man. But yeah, man, Philly, where y'all at? <laughs> we'll see y'all Sunday, man. All right, man. I'm out. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.